Hello, and welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, where stats make the story. Hosted by Adam Levy. Sit back and relax as we enter the Lacrosse Matrix. Welcome to the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast, episode 63. I am your host, Santa Levy, for this holiday edition of the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast, where stats make the story. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Uh, We've got a very interesting episode this week because I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. Not only will I be featuring a coach in this week's episode, but I'm trying to give this head coach a lot of praise for this upcoming achievement that he is about to reach and one that he could be reaching in week four NLL action. So what I've decided to do is I am doing this podcast feature for him or on him, I should say, on the Lacrosse Matrix podcast. However, I will also be doing a written story on him that you will be able to see next week. So there's going to be two kind of different storylines, maybe a little bit of overlap here and there, but trying to give uh, a fuller, whole perspective on uh, this incredible achievement that we're going to discuss as we go deeper into the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, and then also touching on a lot of the numbers, which is what you guys are all here for anyway. So let's get right into the number of the week before we head deeper into the Matrix. This week, we only have one number of the week, and it is a very special whole number, and that number is 100. And now it's time for the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast Featured Guest of the Week. Inside the Matrix. It really does feel different. It, it's probably for many of you, this is the 63rd time that you have entered the Lacrosse Matrix. And so you might be used to it by now, but it's still pretty surreal for me. And uh, it's always cool when we are in a different realm of the Matrix, exploring for new nuggets, for new information, for new clarity on the world of lacrosse. And this week, we are diving deep into the upcoming success of Rochester Nighthawks head coach Mike Hazen as he is only one win away from 100 National Lacrosse League head coaching wins in the regular season. And as we are about to hear in the beginning of my conversation with him, he is going to be only the sixth coach in NLL regular season history to have ever reached this mark. So obviously an incredible achievement considering that this is the league's Now it's going to be 37 years once we hit 2024, and to be one of only six coaches to have achieved something as as great as 100 wins is is just so special, and that is why, as I said in the intro, that I think it's just so cool to, to be featuring not only on this podcast, but as well as in a feature article. 
Well, thank you so much for for joining me here on the Lacrosse Matrix podcast, and uh, you know it's it's very exciting to be talking to you as you are now one win away from 100 head coaching wins. Uh, you would be only the sixth head coach in NLL history to reach 100 head coaching wins. So, I guess just right off the bat, what does that mean to you to be in such a rare group or, or nearing being such a great group? Uh, you know what? It, it's not something that I ever thought about and even when you say that it's still um yeah it still hasn't really registered but again to be part of that community and those guys uh, there's a few guy a few coaches there that have coached me along the years and and guys that i like look up to then and, and still do today it's, it's it's quite an honor um and again it could just look to the fact that i've been lucky to uh to be around still to to do this uh, feet, but it also goes gives the credit to all the players because again, at the end of the day, it's if they believe in what we're trying to do, it's uh, you know it, it's basically off their back. And, and uh, again, I'm just really appreciative of what they've done uh, over the years here, and hopefully, they continue for after a few more. In regards to his head coaching career, Mike Hazen is a Rochester coach through and through. Starting in 2011 with the old Rochester Nighthawks. Now, of course, you need to remember that the Nighthawks team that he is now coaching is the newest version of the Rochester Nighthawks and has no relation to the old Rochester Nighthawks, who are now the Halifax Thunderbirds. I know sometimes all of this can get confusing. Teams have moved around. Sometimes new ownership comes in. Sometimes franchises are totally flipped on their head, and and so many changes happen around the league, and it, it, it can get a little confusing, so just wanted to put that out there so all of you who might be newer to the NLL understand that there was an older Nighthawks team that is not related to the new Nighthawks team. However, Coach Mike Hazen was the head coach of that older Nighthawks team from 2011 through 2019, and he amassed 81 of his now 99 going on to be 100 head coaching wins during that span. So the majority of his head coaching success came during that period. We'll go over it a little more in our conversation in just a minute, but in the first five years of Coach Hazen's head coaching career with the old Rochester Nighthawks, he had three 10-plus win seasons, including his first season as a head coach when he went 10, he and his team went 10 and 6 that year. And then also in 2014, and we will be touching on this year, specifically uh, later in the prod, in the podcast where the team went 14 and 4. But tons of success in the early years of that head coaching career. So I asked head coach Mike Hazen uh, what it was like to be having that kind of success in the early years of his coaching career. And as you would imagine, it was as helpful to his progression as a head coach as you might think. Looking big picture in those first five seasons, uh, you had 51 head coaching wins. You had the 14-4 and four season, 12-6 and six season. But I think one of the most impressive things is obviously the, the consecutive championships three years in a row. What can you say about those early years uh, of your head coaching career and how, I guess, did the success that your teams have uh, help you to maybe uh, make head coaching easier for you in the National Lacrosse League, or how did it impact you? 
Uh, you know what? I, I did think it was easy. And again, early in the years, I had, you know, I, was, I had the ability of, you know, playing in Rochester. I had that, you know, the the benefit of, you know, coaching some teammates who kind of, I think, understood what I was about as, as a player and what I was trying to, to bring to, to this side of it. Um, again, which is put my head down, do my work, and um, and again, try to instill that into them as well. And uh, the one thing I always constantly say to to the group even today here is, um, you know, we're, we get to be together, you know, twice a week. You know, we practice during the week. And so right now we practice Tuesday nights with Rochester, and then we get to see each other again on the weekend. So, you know, it's, it's what we're doing away from each other that's the most important part. And that's the one thing I really try to do is try to instill in our group that, you know, the video, the workouts that you're doing is, is going to lead to our success. So, um, so saying that, I think, I think early in the, in, in part of it, like guys understood where I was coming from. Um, and, and truth and truth and foremost, I also had a great mentor in poly day staying right beside me during those years. Um, because again, he was a head coach. He was my head coach. So I relied, uh, relied greatly upon his experience, and you know, when he helped guide me through uh, through a lot of the ups and downs of, of being on this side of uh, of the floor. Um, and again, I just tried to take a little bit of what he's instilled into me and what I, he instilled to me as a player, as uh, my other coaches did when I was players. And and yeah, as as time has progressed, um, I think the messaging is the same. I think the way the message comes across is a bit different. Um, it used to be really old school, and now you really can't be. So um, yeah, so I, I, uh, it's it's evolved to say the least. But uh, but I think it's it's a good it's it's evolved into a better spot. I'm a lot more comfortable in what I have to say and what I have to do now. And and I think the guys, and although they're younger, um, you, you know, I think now too the added benefit of having a son who's kind of gone through this and has kind of softened me or mm-hmm. made me um, relate a little easier. Because again, you know, I look back and 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 rely on how I speak to my son, and that's how I speak to to all my all the guys now. Quickly, before we do dive a little bit deeper into those playoff and championship runs of 2012, 2013, and 2014 of those old Rochester Nighthawks, which of course were led and head coached by Mike Hazen, and and first of all, let me just say, and and then I, I really don't want to get more into that right now, but with Coach Hazen winning three consecutive championships as a head coach, that has never been replicated since in NLL history, and it had never been done before. So that is an incredible head uh, accomplishment for a head coach, and it it did also, of course, and and as we've heard already, and as we'll continue to hear throughout the podcast, what Mike Hazen was really talking about about his teams and 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 how they made his success and how they continue to make his success as a head coach uh, so much easier. So specifically, looking at that fourteen and four. 2014 season for the Nighthawks at the time that was only the fourth or fifth time uh, depending on how you want to look at it that a team had had 14 wins in a regular season now of course we do need to provide a little bit of context here because there was only 14 or more games in a regular season starting in 2001 so it is very possible and and quite frankly quite likely that the the Bandits Wings and, and Toronto Rock teams of the 
90s and early 2000s could have had 14 or more wins in a regular season had there been that many games at that time. Unfortunately for those teams that they weren't, but we do know, uh, especially the historians of the game, do know that those teams were unbelievably successful, uh, including uh, there was an undefeated season for the Bandits back in 1993. Up to present day, it is only the reaching 14 wins has only happened 11 times, and the reason why I said fourth or fifth time, depending on how you want to look at it, is because in that 2014 season, when the Nighthawks went 14-4, and the then Edmonton rush went 16-2, and and that 16-2 and season, no team has ever, the only team that has ever surpassed 14 wins is that Edmonton rush team, so there was uh, a lot of very talented teams that year, but uh, as, again, we'll touch on when we talk a little bit more about the postseason, those Nighthawks uh, would end up winning their third consecutive championship that year. I should also mention that the 14-4 and four season for the Nighthawks was actually not the first time that that Nighthawks franchise had had 14 wins. Back in, 20, in 2007, the Nighthawks went 14-2 and two in the 16-game season, so uh, it is uh, interesting to see that the Nighthawks have had incredible years, incredible historic years in their history. Now diving into those postseason years from 2012 to 2014, that first championship that Coach Hazen and his guys won uh, was a truly remarkable one because the team went 7-9 and nine during the regular season, so they had a losing record, and yet they did sneak into the postseason. Uh, it was such a weird year in uh, what was the NLL East Division at that time. The Toronto Rock were the only team to be 9-7. and seven. Then you had the Nighthawks at 7-9, and nine, the Bandits at 7-9, and nine, and the Philadelphia Wings at 7-9. and nine. Of course, this is the old Philadelphia Wings as well, but let's not get too deep into the weeds there. So it was a, a weird year, and it was all based on uh, those tie breaks, those all-important tie breaks. That is what got the Nighthawks into the postseason that year. And then they ended having a perfect 3-0 and record with an 8, a plus-8 goal differential in the postseason to win the championship there. And it is really a historic win that, that maybe I don't think we give enough credit to because it was only the second time in NLL history. And, and really, I, you know, no offense to the Baltimore Thunder of the 1987 first inaugural NLL season. That was the Eagle Pro Box Lacrosse League at the time. But uh, that Baltimore Thunder team that went 2-4 and four in that very first season uh, they only played six games. They they were two and four and ended up winning the championship. So they did technically have a losing record that year and, and still won the championship, but did only play six games. And then, of course, though, when you look at that uh, seven and nine team in 2012, that's 16 games. So that would uh, be a little bit more uh, than two times, almost three times as many games as the Baltimore Thunder played in that 1987 season. They followed that first remarkable championship with another remarkable run that very next season in 2013 with an 8-8 record again, Uh, so not above 500 
getting into the playoffs again. A very weird year in the East. Yes, there were only four teams again, but the Rock leading the way at 10-6, and six, the Nighthawks at 8-8, eight and eight, the Wings at 7-9, and nine, and the Bandits at 6-10. and 10. So with the Nighthawks getting into the postseason, they again went 3-0 and and ended up winning the championship there. And this was, of course, then the second time that a team uh, that the Nighthawks, with a losing record or with a 500 record, had won the NLL championship. And it was only the fourth time now in NLL history that that had happened. And it's so interesting because that same Nighthawks franchise back in 1997 was five and five when they went on to win. The, their first NLL championship as an organization. So really think about that, that there were three times in Rochester Nighthawks franchise history, the old Nighthawks franchise history, where they had a 500 record or worse and won the championship. And then, of course, to think that it's only happened four times, this is quite a resilient team. And that leads us to something that Coach Hazen and I talked about is because this team has had so many high highs and so many low lows, and it's really important to to be able to adjust during those times and, and to figure those times out, and he's realizing that now and has realized that over the last couple of years with the new expansion Nighthawks, the first couple of years being um, a struggle, to say the least, but a growing process with some serious growing pains, and now, of course, last year making their first playoff appearance after a 10-8 and eight record, and this season... Uh, in week four, having a chance to go 3-0 and to start the year for the second year in a row. So uh, how does he manage not only his expectations and, and what he wants for the teams when there's all these ups and downs, but you know how does he manage his players? Because the emotional roller coaster that can take place with, with all these great seasons and all these uh, not-so-great seasons, as I'll call them, uh, can do a lot to one's psyche. You know, one of the things I think about good head coaches is how they, they can deal with the challenges that they face. So, you know, you look at those 24, uh, 2014 and 2015 seasons, you had 26 wins in just those two years. But in the four years that followed, you had uh, 30 combined wins. So almost very similar numbers there, but in two extra seasons. So what is it like to to go through those high highs but also go through those low lows as a head coach? And, and how do you make sure that your players stay grounded during those periods of time that can be very different? You know what, I think it's, it's just, uh, it's, controlling is a strong word, but trying to um, <clears throat> make sure that there's light at the end of the tunnel. I think really at the end of the day that, you know what, we're, we're very fortunate to be playing this game number one. That's the one thing I always still, you know, think I'm very thankful for. But there is light at the end of the tunnel, and, and we, if we again we put our head nose down um, and, and grind this out. There is going to be some bright futures ahead here, um, and, and yeah, we went some through some tough stages after we won those championships. Um, like I say, Cody missing a year um, hurt us great greatly, but it gave a lot of guys gave Kyle Jackson and Lomas the, those couple of years, you know opportunities to gain some experience so that following year in, in 18 again didn't have the greatest season but we did enough to get into the playoffs and once again the playoffs anything can happen and again our guys kind of believe that and, and work towards next week right as opposed to worrying about what happened last week 
Um, so I think that kind of messaging is, is kind of, like I say, where I'm pushing for most, especially in New Rochester is, like I say, it's tough today, but we're going to work through it and maybe tomorrow's going to be a little bit brighter. And I think with, uh, with New Rochester, the group that, and the core that we've had, you know, we started it on the bottom and like I say, now we're kind of knocking at a door here. We knocked, a, we knocked, uh, knocked down one little door last year. Um, and we're hoping to knock down a little bit bigger door here, uh, here moving forward. And again, I think guys through that process, believe it, see it. And again, hopefully is, uh, going to carry forward. It really can't and shouldn't be understated just how much of a turnaround this new Nighthawks team, as, as Coach Hazen just mentioned, uh, has made over the last four years. When you think about the COVID-shortened season, which was the team's, the new Nighthawks' first season in the National Lacrosse League, they went 2-10, and and then that next season after the COVID break, the 2021-2022 season, they were... 14 and or excuse me I was thinking of the 14 and 4 seasons but unfortunately it was the inverse and it was 4 and 14 so you really think about that there was six wins over two and let's say two and a third uh two and two thirds seasons there um and and that can happen of course it's it's very common for new teams new franchises expansion franchises to to hit those bumps very early. They're a new team. They're competing against established, more veteran teams. Normally, those expansion teams uh, have a lot of younger guys. So it, it's no knock on, on what was happening early, but it does speak to uh, the struggles that this team was facing early. But then if you look at last season, you know, to go from 4-14 four and 14 to a franchise-best 10-8 and eight season. So you had 10 wins in that year compared to, to the six total wins in the first two seasons combined. And really, if you want to break it down even more, the Nighthawks in that season last year, they went 6-0 and in their first six games. So they matched the same amount of wins that they had in their first two years, essentially, as they did in their first six games of the 2022-2023 regular season. What's even more impressive is how that success from last year is carrying over, particularly with the fact that there are or, or have been some significant changes to the lineup. When you, you lose guys like Thomas Hogarth and Holden Katoni on the offense, uh, you know, those are those are big pieces to be missing, but it seems like things are working out. And this was something that really popped out to me that I think should really pop out to anyone that has followed the NLL, even if you've only been following for the last couple of years, is that if the Rochester Nighthawks can win in Week 4 against the Vancouver Warriors and move to 3-0, and they will be the only team in the National Lacrosse League over the last two seasons that started their year with a perfect 3-0 and record in those back-to-back years. That is pretty impressive when you think about this overall success that teams like the Buffalo Bandits, the Toronto Rock, the San Diego Seals, and others have had over the last two seasons. So we don't know if Coach Hazen is going to win this weekend in Week 4 against the Vancouver Warriors, but we do know that he has coached for such a long time and has coached so many games in the National Lacrosse League. So if he were to win this weekend, he and the Nighthawks were to win this weekend, He would be grabbing his 100th regular season head coaching win in his 207th game. And that uh, has 
definitely, it, it's not necessarily something that, that Coach Hazen is thinking about now. The amount of time, excuse me, I, you might hear in the background that there is a disturbed honking session going outside. That is uh, what happens when you podcast uh, near the streets of New York City. But if you don't hear it, then, well, that is very good. Um, honking is a, a real problem here. Anyway, not to get too sidetracked, those 207 head coaching games coached, really a, a spectacular mark. It shows an incredible longevity uh, and an incredible career that head coach Hazen has had in the National Lacrosse League. So kudos to you, Coach, for uh, when you do reach that milestone on doing that, and thank you for, for the amount of time that you have put into the National Lacrosse League. I know that so many guys have learned from you and are better for it. So good luck this weekend, and hopefully you do get that 100th win. Now, before we do head out of the lacrosse matrix here uh, and then into the other parts of the programming of the lacrosse matrix podcast, I did just want to say uh, one thing that I had missed in regards to talking about the postseason and Mike Hazen as a head coach is that it really was uh, spectacular and has been spectacular to see how he and his teams have performed when they have been in the postseason. Coach Hazen has a 15-8 and record in the postseason for a 68.2 winning percentage, which is very impressive. And when you think about head coaches, and there's only one, two, three, four, five, six of them who have coached more than 20 games in the postseason, the 68.2% winning streak is one of the best. In fact, it is the second best among those six coaches. Les Bartley leads the way there, having won an extraordinarily, extraordinary 18 wins and only four losses for an 81.8% win percentage. That is just wild. So, of course, when we think about that, we do have to give Coach Hazen so much praise for what he was able to accomplish in the postseason. And now, for the results of the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast Poll of the Week. So yes, that does bring us to the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast Poll of the Week results, as you heard from the man, the myth, the legend, who I saw uh, in person this past weekend really show off his his work and, and his personality at the Riptide game. That is Colin Cosell. Uh, so interactive, so engaging with the fans, especially those young fans, and it's great to see members of the team and, and people around the Riptide organization being so engaging with the fans. So thank you, Colin, for that introduction. So this week I, I asked you, because Coach Hazen is about to reach 100 head coaching wins and become the sixth head coach in NLL regular season history to reach that mark, uh, and then, of course, you know, counting in the fact of, of the success that he's had in the postseason, where do you rank Coach Hazen all-time in the greatest coaches in NLL history? And it was really incredible incredible vote uh very very close from top to bottom first to third got 15.5 percent of the vote then you had in second place or second to last place you had 10th or higher at 19 percent then seven to ninth best at 29.3 percent and then the majority of the votes had coach hazen in the fifth in the fourth to sixth slots of the best coaches in nll History at 36.2%. So thank you guys so much for voting. Uh, several dozens of you did.
did find the poll on Twitter this past week, so I really do appreciate you chiming in. And if you want to make your voice heard and contribute to the next Across Matrix podcast poll of the week, you can always find it pinned to the top of my Twitter at Adam Levy NLL when you are on Twitter or X, as, as you might call it, but I don't really know who's calling it X these days. But look for at Adam Levy NLL, and you will find so many amazing nuggets uh, on top of the Lacrosse Matrix podcast poll of the week, some awesome quotes, uh, all of the articles that I do for IL Indoor, for NLL.com, for the NLLPA, and uh, it's it's just so exciting to have that platform to, to share so many uh, news nuggets and information, uh, so much news nuggets and information with you guys uh, out there, and, and we're all growing the game together. So make sure you give me a follow and, and check that out if you don't already. So that is going to do it for this episode of the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast, episode 63 of the Lacrosse Matrix Podcast. Now, if you do want to go back and listen to any previous episodes, you can find them on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, I'm, I, I would say that all these episodes are really timeless. Yes, I am always or are usually trying to touch on very current milestones, but as you've heard through this episode, we talk about so much more than the current issues and so many things that relate to how a player has gotten to the point that that we are discussing in the show or how they're going to get to what we're talking about in the show. So it is all very relevant, and you can always learn something new about your favorite coaches, players, and teams in the National Lacrosse League. So go check those out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So it is a slim week in the National Lacrosse League this week. We've got only three games on the slate, and that is actually probably a good thing because most of the players do get to spend some time off with their families for this Christmas holiday. So that is pretty cool, and it's uh, still going to be an exciting weekend of games, very exciting. Uh, of course, these Nighthawks that I've featured will be competing and trying to go to 3-0 and this season, so you won't want to miss that game event against the Vancouver Warriors. So that is going to do it. Thank you guys so much. We will talk after uh, the Christmas holiday period, and that will be next week. Uh, another amazing show in store for you coming up. So thank you guys, and enjoy the amazing NLL action, and we'll talk soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.